welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. We're continuing our, our money series, and I think this is our fifth week. And we're going to be finishing it up next week when we just have our praise, uh, sort of like a praise celebration expansion um, offering, which is going to be incredible. And then we're going to go into a season of messages all about healing, divine healing, and really going for that as a church because we feel that that's a season. Um, and then God's doing something not just here, but so many other places. So we're so excited about that. Um, for And then we're going into Christmas, and then that's going to be incredible with the production as well. Um, and you guys, you guys have heard me share a whole lot about uh, finances over the last few weeks, but I just wanted to, to hear from other people this morning. Um, three guys that are much more experienced than me and wise. And um, You know, I talked about Lord of the Rings probably every sermon, but um, these guys are like the Gandalfs of our church. The Gandalfs or the tree beards, one or the other. Um, but I just want you guys to welcome up Wayne Garden, Richard Venning, and Gary Mawson as they come and take... Uh, their seats. And I'm just going to ask them to sort of share a little bit about their stories this morning. And uh, the whole session this morning pretty much is going to be about financial wisdom. Um, and you now, there are so many of you guys that are entrepreneurs and doing incredibly good in business. And um, and so we could have gone down that line this morning, how to invest well, how to um, on entrepreneuriate well. Um, but I was thinking, well, we can save that for the small group starting out with Alvin next year, um, business networking. So, um, oh, Gary. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it would be great this morning, just guys that are pretty average that have gone through ups and downs in life. <laughs> But have, but have seen the incredible blessing of God through, through, through so many decades. Um, so these guys are a little bit older than me, um, but I've, I know them well, all of them, I love them all, um, very, very wise. And they've, they've, they've taken some big hits, but they've also seen the absolute amazing blessing of God in their lives. So I just wanted to hear um, their story this morning. I remember a few weeks back we were talking about tithing, which is usually the most emotive um, thing to talk about when we talk about giving and some of you guys gave gave questions and answers uh oh, sorry questions we'll give the answers this morning well, they'll give the answers this morning and um so we're going to be looking at some of those and then finishing up with a little bit of financial wisdom um if we've got time I'll, i've got just like a three minute sermon um to finish up with um so without any further ado just want to uh, wayne can go first um so wayne for those of you guys that, that don't know him that well he's had an incredible career in broadcasting and media He's one of the longest standing members of this church. Um, he's definitely the longest standing oversight team member, elder. So how many years, Wayne? Over 20 at least? Forever. Forever, yeah. And um, he, him and Claire um, do so, many, so much amazing ministry behind the scenes. So we're just going to hear a story for about five minutes, um, all about this idea of, of the faithfulness of God through the ups and downs. So Wayne, take it away. Good morning. Can't see anybody. Oh, there you are. Hey, it's good, good to see you. I'd just like to say that I've been a Christian for 42 years and 
God has been faithful the whole way financially. We have had some hard times. Um, yeah, hard times. We've had some great times too. But also God was faithful before for the 34 years when I wasn't a Christian. He was... Uh, I meant to start my timer. I better do it. Face ID, yes, it's me. Thank you. <laughs> he has been faithful through the whole journey. Now, before I was a Christian, all I wanted to do was make money and spend it on myself and my wife. Uh, very selfish. Now, that all changed when I became a Christian. I was born again, and then, after that, I was taught tithing very, very early on. But in our lives, we saw significant changes when we went to Israel. Uh, God started speaking to us. Now, I just want to say that after the parable of the soil and the sower, Jesus says something quite profound, and he says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear, because with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even that will be taken away. So that can mean many things, but one of the things it does mean which you need to take on board is that everything that your spirit receives goes through the filter of the measure that you use. So if God is miserable, unkind, stroppy, just wants to punish you, that's how your spirit will receive the word of God. If he is in your mind a good God, he is good, 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 he wants to heal you, he wants to set you free, he wants to bless you, and that is what you'll receive also. So, in a, you know, what you sow is what you reap, yes, but what you filter through to your spirit is also how you will end up. So I had a revelation of that when I was in Israel, and Claire and I were treated to some amazing things, but one of them, I was... We were on the bus going towards the place where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. And for some inexplicable reason, I just started sobbing. And I mean really, really, really sobbing. Was that my alarm? Five minutes. Oh, stupid thing. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was about, but over these subsequent years, I have worked out what it was about, that my total understanding of God was wrong. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, they were abundantly blessed. Their thing was to follow God by faith, and so should we. But he's still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which means that Abraham was filthy rich, honestly. He was a very rich man, but he had the grace of God to handle it. Yeah. Jacob was very rich towards the end of his life. Isaac sowed in a time of famine and reaped a hundredfold. They were rich men. Now, God does not is not the God of poverty. And my soul had poverty written all over it. Not that I wasn't blessed by God. 
but my thinking was far, far, far too small. We saw a billionaire in, uh, in Jerusalem, and he showed us, he was the, the one who had the startup company who made the computer chip that is in the navigation system on all cars, virtually all of them, every brand on the market. And he was bought out by Intel uh, for $5 billion. So this billionaire is talking to us. He's saying how God got him there. Now, he's an unsaved man, but he knows the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he was saying how God blessed him with the ideas, with the ability to make wealth, and the way to make it forward. Now, that man was such a humble man, and he did make a profound impact on our lives. So... I just say that God is faithful and he will be faithful to you if you are faithful to him and you trust him and believe him just as Abraham trusted him and believed him. Thank you. So good, Wayne. So good. That was so amazing. Thank you. And I think that whole thing about poverty, like poverty is a spirit and um, we just really got to understand that a lot more, I think. So Richard's next, and Richard's been very successful in Air New Zealand with um, management and with engineering. Um, he's such a man of wisdom. Um, a lot of the projects and stuff that we do with our... You were, you were early, Wayne. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, the, the stuff that we do around here behind the scenes with maintenance and projects, Richard's the guy. He's, I love spending time with him. Very, very wise man, again, as all three of them are. And, um, Again, a man that has known his ups and downs, but definitely knows that the, the blessing of God and is incredibly generous in spirit. So um, take it away, Richard. Let us hear from you. Thank you, Simon. Just to put, a, put it into context, I'd like to read uh, what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And he said, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, going back a lot of years, I started work in January 1966 with National Airline. Um, back in those days, I was earning seven pounds, two and six. I know that's foreign language to <laughs> most of you. Um, but... I was a member of a local church, and from that £7, 2 and 6, I decided that I would be tithing regularly, and I, and I did over the years. Not only that, there were offerings as well. And uh, times were tight, but I was never, I was never stuck for, for money. But fast track now to 2001, when my wife and I were living in Melbourne, I was working for the Air New Zealand ANSET Engineering Services over there, uh, and I was with them when ANSET Airlines collapsed, and suddenly I found myself without a job, with no income, quite a large mortgage on a house that we bought over there, and uh, as you're well aware, there is no social security or wins for Kiwis in Australia, so we were on our savings. So practically we couldn't uh, continue with the house, so put that on the market, and we prayed very hard that the Lord sell our house, and uh, I'd put a few dollars on top of what our original purchase price was, but um, the reality was that weeks went by and we didn't even have a single person looking at our house. 
So uh, you can imagine how our savings were starting to be eroded and the calculator in my head was starting to add up, you know, how long is this going to last, how much are we going to drop the price that we we're asking on the house so that we can get a sale, what is the legal fees going to cost, freight costs, costs getting our property back to New Zealand, all these things. And, and uh, there were times, I have to admit, that I was a bit concerned, but also I was just trusting that God was going to do something and break through in our situation. And uh, as I said, weeks went by and nobody seemed to be interested in our house and we needed that miracle. And then, as God often does, suddenly there's a breakthrough. Uh, in the space of one afternoon, we had two bids on the house. We got our full sale price so we could clear our debts and also it covered the money that we put into the property by way of improvements. You know, Ephesians 3.20 says, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask and think. Yeah. And, uh, but not only that one miracle that we've been praying for, suddenly we were showered with miracles. Um, when we sold our car, the new owner said he gave us the, the right or the permission and let us use that car until we left Melbourne. Quite amazing. So that was a real miracle. Then when we got back to New Zealand, on a chance meeting with a former boss from Air New Zealand who asked where I was working, I said, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm still applying for jobs. I'm on a short list for a job with civil aviation, but have got nothing yet. And uh, anyway, within a week, there was a letter in my box offering me my former position back in Christchurch. Just an amazing miracle. And that was at a time when there was a freeze on Air New Zealand for hiring staff. Um, on top of that, the return freight for our household staff was provided for. And, uh, and then one evening, uh, this is quite remarkable, one e evening Jill asked me, she said, <clears throat> What do we have to do to get back into our house? We, our Christchurch home, we had rented out on a long-term lease and uh, I didn't know how you go about sort of going, breaking the lease. But anyway, within a few hours, there was a knock on our door and there were our tenants and we chatted for a while and then they said, we found a house that we'd like to buy. What do we have to do to break our, <laughs> our agreement? I said, don't do anything. Anyway, uh, so then six weeks later, we were back in our own home. So God really did provide for us in so many ways. And on top of that, I mean, I've left a huge amount of detail and other really remarkable things where God provided. You know, so our testimony is that in times when things look pretty bleak, God blessed us abundantly yeah. in all things. And at all times, we had all that we needed and more besides God is faithful, and I believe that as we are faithful in the little things that God has given us, that same measure that Wayne was talking about, that's the measure that God pours back. And so I just say, Lord, thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. So good, Richard. Give him a hand. Wow. So good, eh? Um, finally, we've got Gary. So um, Gary is part of the secondary school here, um, overseeing special character and um, Bible studies. And he was, for many, many years before this uh, school, the principal of, which is now Accelerate, and grew that, 
good at school phenomenally as well. And um, again, as with all of these guys, Gary's heart is so generous. Um, and, and, and so what, what these guys don't tell you is, because we just don't know that in the in stories of some of these guys, again, um, we go through ups and downs, but the blessing of God always prevails. And as I look at every single one of these guys, you know, if there was one word, it's like God is faithful, God has blessed them um, in, in the whole course of, the, of their lives. So, um, so good. Gary, take it away. We sang the song this morning, You Are Good. Yeah. And I want to really encourage you, God is good. No matter what situation you're in, God is good. And He is absolutely faithful. So I'm going to give you a little bit about my story and stuff like that. You know, I've only been in debt for three, four years in my entire life. Wow. Those four years were the four years I didn't tithe. <laughs> and I'll give you a bit of background for that. So um, I'm very blessed. I came up in a Christian family, and I remember going to back to my, do my very first paper run. Anyone ever done those? When I finished my first paper run, I got paid on my first day. I walked in with my money, and Mum said, where's your tithe? I said, what do you mean? She says, 10%. Give it to me. I'll give it back to you on Sunday. You can put it in the plate. <laughs> I want to encourage you as parents, teach your kids to tithe. Um, keep te- teach them to do that. So I went right through, my, uh, right through schooling, all my jobs, my after-school jobs, everything. I always tithe because it was a principle my parents taught me. Went off to college and did some dumb things. Uh, didn't tithe, got into massive debt. I remember ringing up my dad and saying, Dad, can I borrow some more money? I was drinking black coffee. That's where I learned to drink black coffee because well, I couldn't afford milk. All I had was coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, it's the only time I've ever had real, real financial hassles. So Dad sent me off. Uh, we, we, I went off to my first job and as I was leaving, hop in the car, Dad said, now remember, you owe me $1,000. That was a lot of years ago. And I've, I always thought, man, you're tough. I thought you would have said, look, you've got your job, your first bit, you're into it. And, but he wanted me to pay him back. I'm glad he did. So um, I got saved. Here's the incredible thing. I got saved on a Saturday, tithed the next day. Because that was a principle my parents had taught me. And I noticed I said it was a principle, not a rule. Yeah. It's really important that we get a hold of that. So, um, yeah, and then I got into, then I was teaching and... Then I got this really clear call to go and teach in the Christian school. I did not want to teach in the Christian school. I thought they were the pits. <laughs> I've now been teaching in them for a very long time. <laughs> but to give you an idea of what that meant for me, and this is where the cost came, I was on a salary of 24000 and they offered me eleven. That was below the, um, that was below the benefit of today. So went down to that. Um, so times were hard. And then, and of course, Debbie was at the school. I knew she was supposed to marry me, and I sort of told her that, but she didn't agree with for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get married eventually. And, we, and what I want to encourage you with is we raised our family on less than the benefit. Because a lot of you will look at us and say, middle-class white boys. Yeah. Holiday break, I spent the holidays haymaking um, to do that extra. And yet the incredible thing is through that time was when we saw the most miracles. We had some people give us a new car. Um, I remember one time going out, turning off the freezer and thinking, okay, we are in deep trouble. (laughs) That afternoon, a friend of mine rang me up and said, Gary, how's your meat situation? I said, "Um, it's gone. 
He said, turn your freezer on, it'll be around this afternoon. Filled up my freezer with half a beast. Now those miracles happen when you trust God. Come on. The other one that was really funny is we were driving Debbie's Mori 1100 because I had to sell my car to buy the house. Uh, <laughs> up, and we got up to the top of the Bombay Hills and it was steaming everywhere. And I looked, opened the car, opened the front and I thought, oh my goodness, I can see the, ra- the water pouring out through the radiator. And she said, pray for it. I said, you can't pray for that. I can see the water coming out. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. We, we, we just didn't have the money for anything like that. Anyway, I got back in the car, prayed for it. Water stopped. Never, ever repaired that radiator. That was a miracle. <laughs> okay, it's Crazy. I mean, I could see the water pouring out. So it was, it was just amazing. I saw God move things. In that time, we bought a house. Let me give you a couple of encouragements. We had no HPs. We, actually, we bought one thing on HP, looked at each other. Nah, we're not doing that anymore. If we haven't got cash, don't buy it. Live with limits. Wow. Live with communication. Debbie and I talked about every purchase. Okay, that is really core. Um, for our boys, McDonald's was not an option. We didn't go out for dinner. I didn't go to the movies. Didn't buy stuff. It was a really tight, tight time. A lot of people will look at me now and say, yeah, but you've got this, that. I said, yeah, I have. But I didn't have it in the past. Okay. Um, and neither Debbie was amazing through all that time. Um, the other thing I want to just, a couple of points to, just a couple of these. Matthew 6.33 has always been, a heart, been one of my core scriptures. All the students that have been through the school know it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek God first, he will then add the rest. Make him the priority. And you're going to hear that from me a couple of times. The other one is Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So our trust has to be in him, not in our dollars. That's good. Okay. Um, Integration for us. So uh, we did 10 years, very low. Integration brought an incredible amount of freedom because my salary doubled overnight. Can you imagine your salary doubling? (laughs) It was good. But the challenge, the thing was that we had learned some habits, so those habits remained. Today, we still do not have any Sky subscription. I still don't have a dishwasher, apart from me. Oh, and Debbie. <laughs> okay, so there are some things that we don't have. The other thing is we've learned that um, it's about that our role is in our work as a ministry. It's not a job. I do not work for a salary. I do not turn up to school for a salary. I turn up to minister to kids. Because that's my kingdom calling. It's so good. Um, so you need to have some habits with spending. The other thing I have tried to do, oh, you might come back to that later. But let me give you another, another, another um, encouragement. My dad turned 95 two weeks ago. And he said to me the other day, we, we were going through his tax return, he said, I don't know what it is, Gary, but the more I give away, the more I've got. <laughs> he gives away more than I do on a pension. And he just keeps getting in and in and in because he's done it all his life. And he goes out to buy some crazy stuff. You know, everything he buys, he buys by cash at 95. (laughs) So I want to encourage you. God is hugely faithful if we put him first in every area. So good, Gary. Give him a hand. I was just um, thinking about it this morning, actually. You know, how much of the stuff in our lives do we actually really need? Do we need the Spotify subscriptions? Do we need the Netflix subscriptions? Do we need this and that? And a lot of the stuff we would say oh, it's essential. It's not really essential. Um, 
just a thought there. Um, so second part of this, just would love some wisdom from you guys about some of these questions. And I mean, if you guys disagree with each other, that, that makes it more fun. Um, and I haven't asked these guys what their opinion is of these questions beforehand, so it could be quite wild. Anyway, um, first question, and um, one of you guys can answer, all three can answer if you want. Should I tithe while trying to pay off debt, and what if I can't afford to tithe? Yeah, apparently I've got the mic. So, <laughs> look, some of you are solo mums, solo dads. You haven't got much money. Um, tithing is not a rule. Well, it's not compulsory, but it's a great thing to do. So, yeah, pray about it first. But please be generous. God is a generous God, and that's part of his character. And he can impart that same character to you, to be generous with your finances. Finances are a, such a good litmus test of how you actually are in your heart. For instance, here's an example. Bill Sabritsky drives up here in his very flash car for years when he was preaching. Now... You could look at that in your heart and go, I'm driving a, a 1932 Morris Minor. Why should he have that flash car? But that's not the attitude. You, see, that's just revealed what your heart is. You're jealous. Wow. You might be on a different financial walk or a different path because God has called you to a different one. But... Bill, out of his own generosity, was funding all sorts of things to the tunes of hundreds and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And he was paying for his own ministry, plus he had to drive long distances. He needed a good car. Yeah. So, yeah, so I haven't answered the question. <laughs> hey, by all means, please give what you think, pray about it, and give what you think you should give, but don't hold back from God. Don't hold back in any way. Don't hold back from others. There might be somebody next to you like Gary and, and they need a car. Give it away. You know? You need to be generous and God will be generous to you. Give, press down, shaken together. Did I answer it? I don't know. Good. There you go. <laughs> For me, I think it's very important um, to act wisely with the money that you've got. And as Simon mentioned, do we really need some of the stuff that we tend to go into debt for? Take on higher purchases or, or just make choices without considering our full budget. So are we overextending ourselves? So my answer really is should I tithe while trying to pay off debt? Um, tithing should be outside of budgeting. It's something that I put first in my life. and. Uh, and I arrange what's left according to how much money I've got. My simple answer is yes, tithe. Give the first 10% and then let, uh, and then there are some things, and the, we, the guys have mentioned, you've got to live wisely. But interesting, Malachi 3 verse 10 says, put me to the test. Yeah. He says, God says, put me to the test. Honour God, he will honour you. That's 2 Samuel chapter, sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. Again, if we honour God... He will honour. But if we dishonour God, 
I'm going to challenge us that we, he will, if we dishonor God, then we don't sit in a place where we can actually claim and say, God, I need. So good. Do I give 10% of my income before or after taxes, and do I add income from side hustles? <laughs> Alvin. No, just kidding. Hey, Alvin, you've let yourself go, mate. <laughs> I don't know how you get away with that. He hasn't got a mic today. Ah, yes. Yeah, what, what was the question again? <laughs> Do I give 10% of my income before or after taxes? That's up to you. Look, only God can tell you what you should do. But be aware that the government takes tax and then after that tax they still take 15% on everything you buy. So they've got their hand out pretty quick, eh? You should give to God first. He gives to you first. He gave his only son for you. Give uh, generously. So good. Can you afford not to tithe, really? Hey. Right, having done a very deep and extensive Bible study on this, I can't find one scripture that actually clarifies that answer. But I think what Wayne has said is so true. It's our heart attitude, and in the New Testament, I mean, it's a principle, and I fully go along with the principle of tithing 10%, but it's got to be a heart attitude. In the New Testament, it's of generosity, I mean, do we give our, of our time? Do we give of our goods? Do we give of our money? And I think the answer to all those questions is yes. We should give God what he has called on our hearts to give to his kingdom. My answer is going to be fairly simple again. Seek first the kingdom of God. So who Come comes on. first in life? God or government? Oh, that's good. This one is a very interesting one. What if I want to tithe, but my spouse doesn't share the same conviction or isn't a believer? Well, love is the greatest commandment, isn't it? God says, love him first and love your neighbor as yourself. So whatever you do, do it in love. Pray about it. Um, ask God. But yeah, finances are a big part of your marriage. And if you're arguing over finances, you'll be arguing over everything. And... The person who argues in their marriage, there's no fruit going to come out of that except bad fruit, eh? <laughs> Speaking from experience, man. Pass. <laughs> the Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the Passion Translation? I think there's levels of truth in, in the Word of God. Many things are true, like obviously we should not lie, um, but sometimes the, per, the place of life is more important than the place of honesty. And we'll use that like Second World War and Corrie ten Boom. Are they, have you got Jews here? No, she lies. Because people are more important than sometimes a principle. And so I'm going to suggest to you that in this one, peace and unity in the home is way more important than the tithe. And I'm going to suggest if someone was in that situation that what they look at doing is look at how you can tithe other things like your time, your activities, your abilities and look at what else you can do to bless other people but maintain the unity in the home and pray for your spouse they'll get saved. (laughs) 
so PushPay is an app that we we can we utilise as a church to um, to give easily, and um, so they have really up to date statistics. And, and one recent one, which I'm, I'm quite concerned about, it says that less than 25% of committed church attendees now tithe. So less than 25%. So um, I've got a lot of thoughts about why that is. I was wanting to ask you guys, um, why do you think that? the amount of people that are tithing, that are committed attendees in churches, um, on average, why is that in free fall when, it, like, 20 years ago it wasn't like that? Was that question on, this, on a piece of paper beforehand? Um, <laughs> I sent a second email. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy moving furniture. Hey, sorry about you guys. I hardly ever look at you because the couch is facing that way. You feel very neglected. Well, so do I, not getting the question. <laughs> well, that was an excellent answer, Wayne. Um, <laughs> uh, seriously, I wonder if it's because we in New Zealand, all of us, have had it so easy for so long. Yeah. And uh, we've just taken for granted a lot of things that are are really blessings that a lot of people in the world don't uh, share. And I think because of that, we can become very, very comfortable and settle down and we don't put high value on Christian principles. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a shame, but I think so often we just focus on what are my needs, what are my wants, what do I want in life, rather than seeing the big picture that God kingdom is important. God's kingdom is everlasting and we are called to be part of that kingdom. So good. Mulling through that, I think it's not only the tithing, but some things this generation, us older fellas, <laughs> were taught and we just accepted and did. I'm going to suggest that some younger generations, because I teach them, are more concerned with their opinion okay. than the principle. And they'll argue over something that they should just do. Wow. That's good preaching. <laughs> Sorry, can't help that. Okay, and so there's things I'm seeing happening in, in, in regard to that. Um, another one that I'll throw in here as well is it talks in Malachi, bring in your 10% into the storehouse. The storehouse is your place you get fed from. This is the house we get fed from, so 10% should come in here. Everything else is an offering. Do it over and above. Um, and those sort of things. So I'm going to challenge the young people, where is your trust? Because if your trust is in finance and dollars, it's actually in the wrong place. Yeah. It needs to be in who God is, and either God is faithful to his word or he's not. Okay, And so we need to be learning to bring the whole tithe into this place. And I think COVID has been an amazing thing because some of these issues have come. And I think COVID has revealed very much for us, where is our trust? Is it in the who God is? Is it in my relationship with Him? Or is it in other stuff? And I, 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 I don't know, I get tired of hearing lots of opinions and ideas and things that people cruise through instead of saying, wait a minute, God is good. We trust Him. We do things, the simple things that He said to do. And probably for all of us, our testimony is, we stick with the simple things, do the things that God says. Life works. Yeah. So good. Um, we're just going to move on just to the last um, little slot now, which is um, quite, I mean, briefly, but great. Um, best advice about saving, Wayne? 
Okay, KiwiSaver is a no-brainer, do it, because your employee, employer is paying into it as well. Secondly, set up an emergency fund. We do it here at the church for the salaries of the pastors so that if a crisis comes or something comes at untowards unexpected, uh, we don't have to lay these guys off. We can actually keep them on because we have an emergency fund. Now, you should be doing that in your home. You set up a separate account and by automatic payment, you pay a certain amount until it reaches a platform that you have decided. Now, that might be to cover car expenses or emergency uh, scans at the hospital or whatever, but you probably should have an emergency bank account. Secondly, you need to save. Um, uh, this, this is all after you portion to God, by the way. You need to save. So even if it's only a small amount, a dollar a week, whatever it is, put some aside because you need to plan for your children's education, your future. God is generational. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of your family, your children, and your grandchildren. So you need to be putting something aside for them as well. It's a kingdom principle, and it's a good principle. Kill your credit card debt. Get rid of it. If you can't pay it off by the uh, 30th of the month, then don't have it. Yeah. Cut the thing up and chuck it in the bin. And the same with your subscriptions. If you can't afford them, get rid of them. It's a good one. Good advice. I would emphasise... Uh, Reduce debt as much as you can. Pay it off early. Uh, there's no better interest rate than having that debt uh, removed. So my advice, uh, yeah, seek, seek wisdom, get counsel, go to a CAP course, learn what's, what's wise on budgeting, but above all, keep your debt levels to a minimum, pay them down as quickly as possible. I wrote a few things down on this one because I think it's really important that you get a hold of them. Number one, love God. Put him first and foremost in your life. Number two, read this book every single day. Come on. Build relationship because everything in life that we need is in here. Number three, perhaps a little more practical things. Um, tithe, pay off your mortgage. Best way of saving, pay off your mortgage if you've got one. If you haven't got a mortgage, start saving. If you can't save... Go to a CAP course, go see George and Kay Patterson, figure out how to do it. You need to make, there need to be um, decisions uh, and limits on things. You can't have, sorry, when you're young, you can't have what an old person has got. That's right. <laughs> Don't look at them and say, oh, I want one of those. Learn to live with the new limits, the seasons, the boundaries that you have. There is sowing and reaping. One of the things I did once we integrated is I always tried to give more than 10%, and I've carried that on all my life since then, more than 10%. It breaks the idea of it, it's a rule. Yeah, it's good. And then my, that, the tithe goes into the church, everything else is offering, right? So just trying to be generous with finance. And uh, Richard's already come back to 2 Corinthians 9, 6, do it as you've decided. If you're reluctant about it, don't do it. If you're feeling under compulsion, don't do it. God loves a cheerful giver, so enjoy it. Enjoy giving. It's, it's good. good. It's good. Rejoice about it. And yet the interesting thing is that then it says having all sufficiency, and the word there is contentment. Um, last couple of points just to add into this. You are all in ministry. 
you are not doing a job. No matter what it is that you're doing, it's ministry. See it that way so that uh, you're not working for dollars. I have not worked for dollars for a long, long time. I'm in a ministry, even though I'm teaching at a school. Last thing I wrote this one down this morning, a little bit contentious, but you can have a think about it. The way you handle money may reveal how spiritual you really are. It's good. Because if you can't handle your finances, can we handle our relationship with Jesus? Just a thought. So good. Give these three amazing men huge hands as they, um, they leave the stage. So good, Gary. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Wayne. Um, if we could have our lovely assistants to remove the, the couch, and the band can come up as well. Um, we're going to finish in a song soon. If I had any financial wisdom to give to you guys, it, was just, it would just be out of 1 Timothy six seventeen to 19. And it simply says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Don't you love that? It says, Command them, so this is Paul speaking to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor, so Paul is saying, this is how you minister, this is what you should be telling a church. In this way, they will, sorry, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. So command them to do good, be rich in good deeds, be generous, be willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Uh, just in such incredible depth of wisdom in those verses. But if you're anything like me, you're thinking, wait a second, Simon. Um, I have an out with this because in verse 17 it says, command those who are rich to do this. So I'm, there's no way I'm wealthy, so I'm not rich. So this, uh, this paragraph does not apply to me. And we sort of got to think, well, what does it mean to be rich in this world, financially rich? Uh, and there's a website that you can go on to if you want to discover if you're rich or not. It's called howrichiam or howrichamai.com. And um, so I've been enjoying that website. And it's really good because I don't, I don't think it's a, a faith-based one, but it's really encouraging people to be generous with the, 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 the finances that they have. So I looked at the, the minimum wage in New Zealand, which is $21.20 um, an hour, which comes to $44,000 and around $44,000. Um, you take tax out of that, which is 17.5%, and you get $36,379 in the hand. Um, and if James just want to chuck up that, that, that slide. So I just did a screenshot off my computer this morning. Um, country New Zealand, my income, again, minimum New Zealand wage, the, the tax has already been taken out, 36379 um, Say if there's one adult living in the home and I've got two kids, and then it comes out globally, how rich am I compared to, to everyone in the world? Um, and it shows you there that my income is more than 4.4 times the global medium, and I am 83.2% richer than everyone else in the world. And that's on the minimum wage in New Zealand and supporting two kids as well. I would take a guess that almost everyone in this room right now in this audience, perhaps even auditorium listening to this, we are very, very wealthy. We just don't think we are because we compare ourselves to everyone else that has more than us. So this verse absolutely applies to us. Command those who are rich. So this is a command this morning. I'm giving a command. In this present world, not to be arrogant, 
nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Can you guys all be upstanding? We've got the opportunity this morning to take hold of life, which is truly life, which is life in Jesus. And, and it's going to be eternal life. For those of us that have given our lives to, to Jesus, it's eternal life with Him in paradise forever in the new heavens and the new earth. Um, we, we're conscious forever. The, the destination is the thing that's in question. If you want to be with Jesus forever, give your life to Him and understand that this is just a drop in the bucket of the ocean of eternity that we will be living in. And how do we store up treasures in heaven? We're generous, we do good, we use our finances for things of eternal value. So Jesus is encouraging us to see the kingdom, to see what is really important. And it is a joyful thing to invest in the kingdom of God. God wants us to return to joy. We're gonna finish that song that says you are good. And as, as Wayne um, put it so incredibly this morning, you know, some of us perhaps may need to change our perspective of who God really is. He is a good God. You know, he is kind, sometimes He is severe, but His character is so good. Do we really, truly, with all of our heart, with everything within us, put God as number one in our life? And as we do that, we get off the throne of the ownership of our, God, of our life, um, and then God becomes the landlord of your life. He looks after you. He really, really does. Your life becomes His responsibility. And if, and if we're sensible stewards of our lives, now He blesses us so much. So again, it comes down to Lordship, who is Lord. So um, without any further ado, we're going to sing this song. Uh, make it a faith statement in your life that God is good. And um, you know, there's a prayer in, in the book, in the Bible called the prayer of Jabez. I think it's in First Chronicles. And it's, it's incredible. Jabez prayed a prayer, God bless me. And that's a godly prayer. So we can actually pray that prayer biblically saying, God, thank you that, that you love me, bless me, God, so that I can be a blessing to others. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.